1: Love Talk Radio. I definitely say what's on my mind, and I don't live with any regrets. Radio and TV broadcasting is just in my blood. I'm a Tebow. This is my DNA. And this is the Jennifer Tebow Show. And me, I'm Jennifer Tebow. Good morning, good morning. So good to see you guys today. This is the Jennifer Tebow Show. Go figure that. (laughs) And I am Jennifer Tebow. Uh, Today is Monday, August 1st, and it is 6 a.m. Central Standard Time. Well, I should say Central Daylight Time. Uh, This is a monumental day to actually make it to uh, for some reason, my Ustream people can't. They're saying we can't hear you. We can't hear you. I may do a brand new broadcast for them because they can't hear me. Um, this is a monumental day. As many of you know, uh, I have been doing the Blog Talk Radio show officially, officially for one year now. Can can I get some <laughs> And I tell you, that is, like, so super special. It's just unbelievable. Uh, It's been such a journey over the past year. As many of you recall, I started off as the Real Jenny, and that was that brand that I was starting to build was the Real Jenny on sports and then the Real Jenny on people and performance. And Ustream is just not it's not my friend today. I'm trying my best, everyone on Ustream, to connect to you and it, it is just not that's just not being my friend. Uh but anyway, I'll keep on I'll keep on trying as I talk about the actual show. Uh it's been a journey. And I started the show just so that many of you know, I started uh doing these shows to create opportunities for people that I either was coaching as far as uh, athletes into broadcasting, or folks who just wanted to just all out have some fun doing something really different. Which was, in fact, doing this kind of show. Um, it's a different brand of radio than you may find when you log in to XM Radio. I try to have, you try to insert some level of intelligence onto onto the show. Um, sometimes I get really, really fired up about some particular issue, and so you will hear me being uh, very pointed about certain issues and feelings. Um, if someone asked me uh, how many shows I had done, today is the 58th show. So that's pretty um, exciting. Over the past year, I've done things like trying to support keeping Willow Ridge High School in Missouri City-Houston area open. Um, that was a really, really important charge for me to try to lend my voice as well as a little bit of time um, and and connection point to be able, to, if nothing else, just to get the reality of what it meant uh, for that particular high school to potentially close. And That was a really, really big deal that potentially that school would be closed, the school that I went to. Um, even more interesting was the ideas of, of why. So I was fighting the power over the past year for for several, several shows on Wednesdays. It was the Real Jenny um, on, I think it was like activism. So that was kind of how I split it up. There was this activism role. There was a sports role where I had the wonderful, wonderful Damon Allen, uh Damon Allen 23-year veteran and retired in the CFL he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in Canadian Football League he comes from the Allen family of football royalty his brother uh was is not was is Marcus Allen so it's very interesting to be able to uh work with Damon as we really tackled the sports segment with fun and looseness, and Damon was actually getting ready. He was working out all of his chops, getting ready for his show um, that he that he now does in Canada, and so that was a great opportunity for, for him as well. All right, let's see. All right, so my Ustream people, I think you can see me now. It is a beautiful thing. You can see me and hear me, so welcome if you guys are just popping on. I'm starting to see the numbers of viewers now, finally. Go. So the viewers was actually staying at zero. So that's one of those you go, ah, that's not right. I know that's not how my shows are. Uh, very important, again, this is the Jennifer Tebow show. If you do want to dial into the show for the purpose of talking, then you can dial in at the wonderful number, 347-637-1837. Again, 347-637-1837. Uh, that phone number also. Let's say you're getting ready to to go to work and you can't continue to listen online. As I many of you can either watch it through UStream or watch it or listen to it via BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Jennifer Tebow. have to spell my name right. If you want to just take the show with you in the car and certainly three four seven six three seven. One eight three seven. Now, to let a little bit of the cat out of the bag, because I know that I have some of my Ustream people that can see me now, and they may be going, what the heck? What's up? What's going on here? Yes, I cut my hair. Yay. Let me give myself my own applause. I cut my hair uh, on Friday, on Friday evening, um, and it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. You've been watching the show. That's another thing over the past year since I've been streaming most of these also since around November is when I brought in uh, TV to the fold. You've gotten a chance to see many, many looks for me with long, dark hair, with bangs, then lighten it up, then cut it shorter, then cut it shorter, shorter, and now it's this short. So this is it. I don't think I'm going to get much shorter than this but it, it feels good, it feels really, really good to be um to kind of have all this hair off oh, because what have I been telling you guys? it's hot out it's hot out here. I think it's only gonna get to one hundred and four degrees um today, and we're just gonna continue to go up with not a drop in sight where I live. It just every time I look at the grass, it's like the grass just wants to go tough. I just I just see the grass and it's coughing. My poor bushes. I mean I even have a couple of weeds in the yard that have died because the heat is just so hot. That's that's pretty bad. But at any rate, I've got a fun field show hooked up for you with a uh, with a lot of great uh topics. So I do just want to look at a few of them. So quick news updates and remember I said stop talking stop being so concerned with Casey Anthony and then here I go talking about who Casey Anthony. However, with Casey Anthony, she says that she will not be scheduling any interviews anytime soon. According to the Associated Press, Anthony is seeking medical attention for addressing the loss of her child, being locked up for three years and some change, and going through a murder trial. I guess that would kind of mess with with, with your head. Now, her lead attorney, Baez, that man is becoming really, like, popular. Uh, and I don't know if it's one of those good kind of populars. But anyway, her lead attorney is still fielding offers and will continue to do so and set a schedule in the order of priority so that when she does come back, she will be ready to roll. So it is expected that she will do an interview, but she's saying not anytime soon. All right, so the next thing I wanted to just bring up, Oprah is back. I told you guys, I told you this. A few months ago, as Oprah was finishing her show in May, I actually predicted this. I said, "You know what? She fired that CEO. The network's not doing well. Own network. Um, it's really it's just on a constant state of decline." As you know, Oprah Winfrey and Discovery Network made this big uh, investment to create Own, and but the but the CEO, after five only five months, was fired. I told you guys she would probably just take a quick little break, and then she'd go to try to revive that network. Now, this, this is the thing I will say. Not saying that I doubt Oprah. Oprah is magical. But being a CEO of a network is different from running Harpo, maybe, I'm thinking. Harpo production company that produced different properties, you know, like the Oprah Winfrey show, but still a little different. And so I just thought, well, you know, hmm, I wonder, you know, what exactly, um, what her progress is actually going to be. So it will be rather fascinating to just see how that works out. There was a picture that was circulating that Oprah was in her new office. Guys, her desk was like the, you know, the temporary fold-out desk that you just go, oh, my God, like, really? So, I mean, she's starting back like like a startup company. That's really the way that it actually looks. So that was kind of fascinating. I'm sure they will doll up her office uh, very, very soon. Uh looks like I might have a caller that's popping in. I don't know if you want to get off of mute or not. We actually, unfortunately, have a new interface, so I'm not sure might just shock them and put them on. I'll put you on in, in just a moment. So hopefully if you are uh, if you are indeed uh interested in being on the show, hopefully I don't embarrass you by putting you online because after this next story I will do it. All right, Rupert Murdoch. All right, so you guys know that there was a slap heard around the world. His uh he was in this parliamentary procedure and they were trying to figure out, you know, what is this News of the World organization? What is their real connection with uh, this, you know, this scam to, to tap people's phones and all these things? So he's sitting in there, means the head of this organization, and really probably owns a good one-third of the media in the world and certainly owns all of media in uh, India. He's, he he has made that purposeful. But I told you guys it would be very difficult to catch news stories on Rupert Murdoch because he runs the media. So who is going to run a story about Rupert Murdoch if ultimately he pays your paycheck? Who's going to do that? And I said this is where we're going to see the power of social media because they will cover it. They're not connected to this big network of Of news. And so sure enough, I did find a story thanks to the folks at the popular blog site of bossip.com. Yes, I said it. It was on on bossip.com. So be sure to visit Bossip if you want to see the, uh, the actual full article. But it just talks about the larger investigation that's happening both both overseas as well as even the FBI is interested, our FBI is interested in potentially researching any wrongdoings by the Murdoch companies. So it is you know, it'll be fascinating, but you I guarantee you the only way that you'll be able to keep up with it in the United States at least will be to look at blogs of just really proud of BOSIP for even uh for, for even covering it. So that was just kind of fascinating to you. Okay. All right. So I am actually, I've got a sound clip to to play. Uh, Today is August 1st, as you know. And uh, what I love is that my good buddies at the Associated Press, every single day they put out this clip that's about today in history that gives you an idea of what happens in history. But before I do, I'm going to be so bold to take this person that is on hold off of hold. Hi, this is Jennifer Tebow. You're on live with the Jennifer Tebow show. Who am I talking to?
2: Hey, my name is Daryl.
1: Daryl, hi Daryl, how are you? Now 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 did you mean to be on the show? Yeah, I just had <laughs> or, a quick question for you. Or were, were you, you just listening? <laughs> I just had a quick question for you. Sure, absolutely.
0: How much welfare do you get?
1: How much welfare is this a joke? No. It's not. And why would you ask that out of curiosity? What's that? I said, why would you ask that question?
0: How much do you get, really?
1: Why would you ask that question?
0: Well, when you were growing up,
1: did you sit on the porch with your meemaw? Okay. All right. So, Daryl, I appreciate you being very interested in the Jennifer Tebow show. I'm gonna put you back on me. Oh, Daryl, hung up. Shame on Daryl. Well, you know, one of my buddies said, as you continue to do things like this, you will get the cuckoo crazies, and Daryl was one of the cuckoo crazies. Interesting. He called in from Area Code 602. Um, hmm, Okay. Well, that's fascinating. Well, as we move on from that very weird conversation on the anniversary show, poor Daryl, he's going to be immortalized in iTunes. Uh, where the show actually goes. I want to play a clip on Today in History, so let's just listen in now.
0: August 1st, 1966, Charles Whitman goes on a shooting rampage at the University of Texas clock tower in Austin. With a high-powered rifle, he kills 14 people and wounds nearly three dozen others hours after murdering his wife and mother. The killing ends when police gun down Whitman 90 minutes after the siege at the clock tower began. 1914. Europe's major powers take another fateful step into World War I as Germany declares war on Russia.
2: 1936.
0: Nazi Germany's dictator Adolf Hitler opens the Berlin Olympics. Hitler hopes to use the Games as a showcase for his ideology of racial superiority. But American athlete Jesse Owens shatters that dream by winning four gold medals.
2: 1944. An uprising
0: breaks out in Warsaw against Nazi Germany's occupation of Poland during World War II. The two month revolt takes place a year after a failed uprising by Warsaw's Jews to resist being sent to a Nazi death camp. 1819. Herman Melville, author of Moby Dick, The Tale of the Great White Whale, is born in New York City. And 1981. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. MTV, the channel that put music videos on the pop culture map, debuts on cable. Are those guys the best? Today in History, we August 1st, so Mike Glossier, the, the Fox Associated Fox Press. Fox we'll be doing for TV. Uh,
1: all right, very good. Thank you, Associated Press, for telling us about Today in History. Now, what you will find in- particularly interesting about Today in History, I felt like there were probably many, many, many omissions um, I know you can't cover everything, and I know the Associated Press tries to keep it within about a minute and a half, under two minutes, definitely, all of their todays in history. But, gee, I didn't hear – there. to me, that women probably made a big contribution on August 1st in all the years of the world's existence, and, and probably more people of color made a contribution on August 1st. I'm just saying. I mean, if we cover Hitler – you know, associate press, just something to think about. But uh, the uh, UT thing actually struck me. Uh, that was the, the incident that I'd always known about for UT. So, before I knew about their academic program, even how great their football team was, by the time I was interested in looking at schools, I knew about that shooting, which was really, really sad. And I wish it was the only shooting. If you had to have a shooting, a school sh- I wish that was the only one. Unfortunately, we just had so many. Um, even most recently at UT's campus uh, last it was last year. I don't think it was actually this year. So that became uh, a very fascinating circumstance. I look like I've got somebody else that is, that is dialed into the show. So I'm going to put you on because, unfortunately, I don't have another person that can screen the call. But I will tell the caller that that comes in, when you call in, I do get your phone number and I get a phone lock. This is like the Jennifer Tebow uh, threat. And now that we've already had someone that's kind of called in and, and tried to disturb the flow of the show, which you really won't do. So I will put you on live. I am unmuting you now. Hi, this is Jennifer Tebow. You're on live with the Jennifer Tebow show. Who am I talking with? I'm Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you?
2: I'm doing all right. How are you?
1: I am well. Did you mean to be on the show live, or were you just trying to listen in? Uh, I'm fine with being on live. Okay. Did you have a question, or did you just want to listen?
2: No, I was wondering about the UC campus shooting. What happened?
1: You're talking about years ago? Yeah. Uh, okay, this was years ago when the shooter stood and killed many, many students. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but, but killed many students on the UT campus just in the bell tower. Like oh. a sniper. Oh. Now did that was the me one about year more ago. Of the Columbine incident? It, oh, prior to the Columbine. This was an old incident.
2: Oh, okay. Well this can was, you explain what happened in the Columbine incident?
1: Um that one I'm not prepared to talk about, unfortunately, with the Columbine The basic elements of the story, which many, many people are familiar with, uh, would be that a student, uh, that student, one of their own students came in shooting many of their own uh, during that incident. It was one of the more horrific incidents in school shootings in the past 20 years. But tell you what, I'm going to put you on mute for now, but thank you so um, much for asking those in-depth questions. Sorry, I hate to meet you. This sounds like the same person that called from a different phone number. I apologize. Okay, all right. This is an interesting show today. Okay, very good. Well, I want to get to a little bit of news entertainment, and I want to talk about Harry Potter. Now, I'm not, oh, the person hung up. Ooh, people get up early to be strange this morning. That's interesting, August 1st, for me. All right, Harry Potter, I have to tell you, I don't, I have never watched, any of the harry potter things it's based on wizards and there's all this magical stuff and that's great however it just doesn't i don't know it just never appealed to me but apparently it appealed to a heck of a lot of people because they have topped 1 billion b 1 billion dollars in ticket sales for this very final harry potter um i just i mean kudos to them for being able to create a property and a storyline that was just absolutely so fascinating that people bought that number of tickets. And I'm sure it was very inspiring being that it was actually the 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 uh, last one. So, I mean, if that's what they made with live, you know, going to the movies with the big screen, imagine what the DVD sales are going to be. So I just, I mean, it's it's inspiring as a person who is, working on uh, developing films and producing films. It's inspiring to see that the boundaries of even ticket sales are still continuing to be pushed, especially uh, this day and age. All right, so moving forward, Ashton Kutcher is drumming up Jealousy on the set of Two and a Half Men. Well, it's not because of that naked huge billboard uh, that they did and and uh, promo, not not that, no, it's it's not the nakedness at all. It is his humongous trailer. <laughs> so uh, all of a sudden, when he comes on set, as you know, and and stuff like that, they have these trailers, these literally like temporary homes, because they spend a significant amount of time actually on set, sometimes 16, 18 hours a day, even 20 hours, as they're trying to film and get and get ready uh, the. Uh, rule of thumb is hurry up and wait when you're doing TV, when you're making a TV show or even film. So there's a lot of, of downtime and they want their stars to be comfortable. But this pad is like really something else. I mean, it is beyond something else. It's two stories and it is just ridiculous. And so you just go, you know, wow, you know, wow. So apparently his trailer is not as fabulous as Charlie Sheen's trailer, and there are a lot of Charlie Sheen uh, fans that still work on the show that are kind of salty because he's there. So people are jealous. So let's just hope that Ashton's appearance on the show will continue and advance the show because it's actually the number one show in television right now, or it was prior to Charlie leaving. So well, we'll see what happens. All right. Reports have surfaced that Amy Winehouse was in the process of adopting a 10 year old girl from St. Lucia. Did you know that? Did not know that. So the family was said to have completed their end of the process. They really already signed uh, that 10 year old girl's, not her life away, but they signed her away to Amy Winehouse. So they were just really waiting on Amy to return. From, uh, to Saint Lucia to finish up the paperwork, and then and then take this this little girl home. So the little girl is sad, and she there's quotes from her saying that she was already calling uh, Amy Winehouse mum, uh, and she was looking forward to eat for either Amy to live in Saint Lucia or for Amy to take her and they live somewhere in the uh, UK. So it's just very it's interesting though. Um, I don't know about that one. Uh, Amy's so troubled with a very colored path with drugs. I I don't know if that would have necessarily been a good situation for the poor little girl. Um, I see I have someone on live. I see my prank caller has called back. I will tell you I'm going to keep you on mute for the rest of the show. Thank you, but no thank you. I appreciate the dialogue. Um, you can you can write a letter to my management as to how, as to the reason why I didn't let you come in, but I can see the caller ID, so I'm not going to unmute you. But I do have another caller that I think I'm expecting, I hope. Let's help crossing my fingers. So, hi, this is Jennifer Tebow. I've unmuted you. You're on live. Who am I talking to?
2: Hello?
1: Yes. Hi. This is Jennifer Tebow. Uh,
2: uh, I was just calling in to tell you that I love you show. Think you're doing a fabulous job.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you and, know, um, after I have the after I had the prank caller, I was like, "Oh, who is who is calling now?"
2: <laughs> well, you know to be honest with you, you should look uh-huh. at that as a you should take that as a positive because That's they say correct. They say um when you have haters, that means that you're doing something right. So, That's you right. know, you, you look at that as a positive. That means you're doing something good. That's why you got that prank caller calling in and hating on you like that.
1: I know, and he's just holding on. Poor thing. If he only knew I he can wait as until the cows come home because he's not going to infiltrate the show. I just think it's fascinating. This early in the morning, who is that interested in prank calling this early in the morning to the show?
2: Exactly. exactly. So, well, I was just letting you know you're doing a fabulous job.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. So do you want me to keep you on live or or or, or do you want me to keep you on mute? I will leave um, that up to you.
2: I'm I'm I'll, I'll be on mute listening in.
1: Okay, very good. All right. So I'll so I will I will put you back on mute, but thank you again. You just, for, for you just keep up the awesome work. Oops. Thank you so much. All right, perfect. Okay, so after Amy Winehouse we got to go straight to Hustler Magazine with Larry Flint. So Larry Flint has actually offered Casey Anthony $500,000, yes, half a million dollars to pose in the magazine. Wow. Now, I didn't know that mentally unstable sold magazines. I actually had no earthly idea. This is what I wonder, and this is where when I saw this story, I said, this is making me scratch my head. How on earth? Who on earth, I should say, would want to see the body, I mean, alive, right, but the body of a woman that's, that's really been characterized as unstable? What does that say about you? And so I start off with Larry Flint. Like, Larry, I just don't think that I'm not a man. And I don't, you know, understand the male psyche that much. And maybe men don't care. I don't know. But I just don't know if you want to look at what people believe is a person That's that's kind of... Not all there. So at any rate, um, it's just it's interesting. It's just weird to me. So uh, um, you know, Amy, uh, not Amy. Uh, Casey's not doing any interviews at all. So venture to say uh, she has not responded. Her people have not responded to Hustler Magazine. I would hope. I'm not going to even guess because I don't know Casey Anthony, but I would hope that she doesn't. You know that she says no and, and declines it. I just would like to see her kind of get to a normal life and just recover and grieve because she's, she's been through, through quite a bit. Right or wrong, she has actually been through quite a bit. Okay, so what I love about David Letterman is that he always keeps things very, 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 very light. And so as many of you know, if you've ever watched the David Letterman show, there is a monologue. It always happens where he's got this, you know, he's got really this, this great, uh, this great jokes that are playing, and they have writers and all this thing. Well, sometimes the celebrities, who many are his friends, the jokes just aren't that funny. And so Kirstie Alley recently was on the David Letterman show, and she was really less than impressed about some of Dave's jokes, his fat jokes, okay. And so she reminded him of his joke. So check out the uh, banter that they had. And this, of course, is thanks to CBS. And
0: you I, love me still? Of course I love you. What do you mean, do I love you still? Well,
1: because, because I feel
2: like I'm a little estranged from you. I thought you loved me madly, and then you would talk about me being sort of chub. And... Um, but some of your jokes were funny, but I, I didn't know if it meant that you did Oh, I know what, you mean. You're, I know what you're getting at, you, no, no,
0: no, no. but I did make jokes about the, the weight.
2: You did? I have a few. Wait a minute.
0: Ah. <laughs> where, do you, where do you keep those jokes? What else do you have in there? Later. Uh, let me see. You got your tax returns in there? This is a
2: really good one.
0: Now, these are jokes I told
2: about you. Well, I didn't tell them about myself. Okay. Hmm. Kirstie Alley joining Dancing with the Stars. If you don't already own one, now might be a good time to get a widescreen TV. Last night on Dancing with the Stars, I like to talk really loud when I'm doing this. (laughs) Last night on Dancing with the Stars, Kirstie Alley fell on the dance floor. How many of you felt it? (laughs) However, (laughs) however, the judges scored her an eight. The judges scored her an eight on the Richter scale. Uh, (laughs) But you understand, we do love you, and
0: and if you were skinny, we would tell jokes about you. Uh, Probably not.
1: Right. Very good. So what I loved about it, and if you saw the uh, actual entire segment, she stayed very happy. She She didn't at least approach it on television like she was truly mad. It was just an opportunity for some continued jokes, which I thought was great. And that's really who Kirstie Alley is. She still looks great uh she has she has managed to keep off a lot of the weight after dance with the stars, so I'm very proud of her for that and hopefully, she just continues to be healthy. It's really not about being slim; it's about just being as healthy as possible. all right, so finally, to wrap up a little bit of entertainment, Michael Douglas, who is a throat cancer survivor, was photographed smoking. Now, well, the idea of a man smoking in public is not so odd even after all those tobacco ads, those uh are the campaign to uh, stop smoking. It's shocking because well, he just finished he just finished uh, getting over lung cancer. And so we we would like to believe that someone that went through lung can- I'm, I'm sorry, not lung cancer, throat cancer. We would like to believe a person battling throat cancer When they're done they probably would not be interested in smoking but he was in fact smoking but let me just say this this is something that just uh, just kind of hit my head when I was prepping for the show Uh, early in a very early part January 2010 I wound up spending some time with a really a legend a legendary actress and director I'm not going to name their name but at her house uh, out in California and she, at the time, and still is, battling brain cancer. And as she was going through that, um, when I went to visit her, she had just had that, that permanent um, oh, that permanent device uh, put into her body so that they could just administer the uh, chemo directly through that. So she would just gone through that. And so we were talking, and she was a little sore with that. And she had just this huge ashtray full oh, of cigarettes and she was trying to stop Doctor kind of told her to stop and she tried to have this like smokeless cigarettes you know those electronic cigarettes that you can puff on they light up because of how you're like puffing on them or drag or whatever the term is for smoking I'm not a smoker but I don't know and and then you can blow out, and it'll, like, create, like, this mist that looks like smoke, so it's supposed to give you the feeling of smoking. I take it probably real smokers, like, hardcore, they're like, this doesn't give me the feeling, because I watched her try to use it. She was like, oh, and it just frustrated her. After about 10 minutes, she put that thing down, and she started smoking regular cigarettes. Now, I say all that to say that the pictures of Michael Douglas smoking, what if it was like one of those smokeless cigarettes? I mean, we really don't know. I will tell you this. The pictures I saw, there was no ashtray. There was there was, a, was also no ashes. So this could have been one of those cigarettes where he just wanted to get the feelings. I would imagine the smoke has got to be terribly irritating to your throat, especially I think he had surgery first probably to remove what they could cancer-wise and then aggressive chemotherapy. So I'm thinking my vote of confidence, my vote of confidence is that it was not a real cigarette. So I just want you guys to consider that possibility. All right, so it is 6.33 Central Time. I just wanted to remind you that you are on the Jennifer Tebow Show If you want to dial in and have a responsible conversation with me, you can dial in at 347-637-1837. Again, 347-637-1837. Okay, so moving on to politics. Politics has been really making the rounds, and and the the ugly four-letter word right now is debt. And we are in deep doo-doo on debt right now. Uh, and we were in jeopardy of, of really coming to a grinding halt because we can't pay our bills. We're in like a $14 trillion, it might as well say gazillion, dollar uh, deficit. Um, we owe a lot of money to a lot of people. And we are not generating the money that we need to be able to pay our debt. That's, I mean, you can go through the complexities of how our national debt got there. We borrowed a lot. Um, we went through a war. So the one thing that some people um, don't really talk about, and not so much a war, but when we were, you know, after we were hit by, uh, uh, with 9-11 with the planes, a lot of people don't realize that there was going to be a shockwave financially because of that, because we were allocating funds to, you know, to fight across. The, I mean, it cost a lot to do the fighting that we did to support our soldiers. it cost quite a bit of money. So I think what we're seeing today is literally shockwaves of all of the, you know, Operation Desert Storm, all of those things, they just came in a quick, I, I, I guess really like not a shockwave, but a succession. They just came way too fast for us. And so now we're at $14 trillion. Well, The big deal was everyone is trying to, you know, raise the debt ceiling and figure out how do we solve this problem. For most people, those terminologies go way over everybody's head, and that's okay. But what's not okay is that we realize we have to come to a solution. So it's extremely important for both sides um, of the House and the Senate to find a plan that they can live with that will help us live, as well as it's important within the House and the Senate that the political parties agree. I mean you can't just disagree because you're a Democrat or you're you know, you're a Republican. So I don't want to say okay to your plan because I don't know. I I guess it's political cooties. I don't know why they are fighting at this stage of the game. You won your position in your area. Represent your people. Don't try to come in with bravado like you're fighting you know the American people because that's what you do if you are a Republican, Democrat, Liberal, whatever. If you come in fighting the people that you work with, you're fighting the American people. And so, you know, I I definitely lose all sorts of respect for you doing that. But let me just talk about, uh, you know, one concept I thought about as I'm prepping for the show. I said, okay, let's think about this. The American people in general, a lot of people have personal debt, right? We have larger personal debt today than we had 20 years ago. People are just taking on more debt. And so I thought to myself, well, Uh, The people that work on budgets and companies and the government—the same people, right? So, people who have larger personal debt at home. How do you think they manage budgets for their company? Probably in the same way, because I would doubt that you would uh, manage a budget really well for your company and then, or for your government, and do it really poorly at home. I would imagine people are consistent. So, the larger problem is not the government doesn't know how to manage a budget. The larger issue is people are having a very difficult time managing debt and managing a budget. And so there literally has to be some level of an, of an education about that. And so I just, you know, again, want you to think about that. President Obama um, had something to say in a press conference yesterday once once we had finally come to an agreement um, as, as a government. So let's listen in.
3: Now, this process has been messy. It's taken far too long. Uh, I've been concerned about the impact that it has had on business confidence and consumer confidence and the economy as a whole over the last month. Nevertheless, ultimately, the leaders of both parties have found their way toward compromise, and I want to thank them for that. Most of all, I want to thank the American people. It's been your voices, your letters, your emails, your tweets, your phone calls, that have compelled Washington to act in the final days. And the American people's voice is a very, very powerful thing. We're not done yet. I want to urge members of both parties to do the right thing and support this deal with your votes over the next few days. It will allow us to avoid default. It will allow us to pay our bills. It will allow us to start reducing our deficit in a responsible way. And it will allow us to turn to the very important business of doing everything we can to create jobs, Boost wages and grow this economy faster than it's currently growing. That's what the American people sent us here to do, and that's what we should be devoting all of our time uh, to accomplishing uh, in the months ahead. Thank you very much, everybody. All
1: right, and so thank you, President Obama, for being very pointed. Uh, That was, I think, one of the the takeaways for me was it wasn't like yeah these are gonna be okay. No, it was like look we have some work to do as as a team we have some work to do and the American people have expectations. Um, what again it's really important to know, and this kind of plays into to a topic that I'll just lightly touch on is are these tactics to really um to really attack uh President Obama about the fact that, you know, well, we have no jobs, you know, the the unemployment rate is high and it feels like it's rising, it's definitely not lowering significantly like people would like, and it's all his fault. Really? Because, I mean, last I checked, unemployment was pretty darn bad before he got into it. And so, last I checked, it wasn't, He he didn't create that problem. So, it's funny because these tactics that other parties are using right now. To try to separate you from your support with President Obama, since he has already announced that he is he will be seeking re-election, and it's just fascinating to me to see the the same tactics that they're using. You literally could use it use the same argument to say, "Well, when your people had control, the same problems, or that's when those problems were created." Um, you know, I see President Obama as being the person that's really trying to be the clean-up president, He's trying to clean up a lot of mess that he inherited just a just a lot. And so, I like I told everyone on Facebook, don't believe the hype. I see that we have a lot of political hype men that are running around trying to get people to believe and just respond, these call-and-response things, you know, and just, I mean, do your research and make sure you don't just vote, vote smart. Um, right now, these tactics that I see that people are employing, these tactics are assuming that the voters are stupid. And you have to assume the voters are stupid if you want to convince a person that their support is not for the right reasons. It's like, are you, because I want to tell a person back, are you stupid? Really? You're going to tell me that I don't understand why I voted the way I voted? Really? You think I'm that, that flimsy? Yeah, no, not going to happen. So I, I will tell you, if you're not registered to vote, please do not wait until you believe it's time for a presidential election. Go out and register to vote now. If you're 18 years old, you can register to vote. If you don't know where to go, Google it. If you don't know where to go, call your call your local office, uh, political office, call your rep. They will definitely direct you to the right place. But you can just a quick card if you do, if you do a driver's license renewal in most states. They, they go ahead and have you fill out the voter registration. There's no reason why you shouldn't be registered. The other thing is you need to be compelled to participate and to have your voice. This is our only chance to have our resounding voice. Forums are great. Summits are great. All of that is wonderful. But if you want to make sure that you have an equal say, account count uh, in, in these votes, you've got to get out and, and uh, actually vote. All right. So just, Quickly getting back to politics a little bit, it's expected that the, that the global markets will actually rise with this latest news um, of the of the U.S. trying to renegotiate their debt. That's just the idea that. I just never thought I'd be saying those words: the United States renegotiating their debt. It just, but we're working hard. So here's what, by the way, what the Associated Press had to say about the potential rise in the markets. If I can find the clip, that would be very, very nice. All right, so maybe I don't, ah, yes. yes. It's
2: the news. Investors have been waiting weeks
3: here. Uh, but I want to announce that the leaders of both parties in both chambers have reached an agreement that will reduce the deficit and avoid default.
1: Compromise will permit vital U.S. borrowing by the Treasury in exchange for more than $2 trillion in long-term spending cuts. It also removes a major source of something investors hate, uncertainty. Analysts expect markets will rally on the news over the coming days. The initial reaction in Asian markets was of optimism. Benchmark Nikkei was up 1.8% after Obama's announcement. Dow Jones Industrial Futures, as well as those for the Standard & Poor's 500, also jumped on the news. The stocks rise this week, they could erase some of the losses seen over the previous six sessions. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 581 points, or 4.6% in that time. Carlotta Bradley, The Associated Press. Very good. So the world is watching, as the world always does. And so, you know, I just hope, again... Knowing that there is a larger picture at stake, knowing that the world is trying to take their cues, so even the the economy, the world economy takes their cues from what we do in the United States, it is particularly important for our Congress people, our senators to realize the impact of their conflict and what it creates on a world economy, even opportunities for us in the United States. So my uh Dr J advice, get it together. Get it together. Stop your conflict. Come up with a solution. And uh, because we've got to live, you know, we absolutely have to live, and we cannot live in conflict. All right. So sports. There's still always time for sports. So the NFL lockout is over, or is it really? Um, it's kind of interesting. So as I've been watching uh, the 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 owners come out first to say, oh, they agreed thirty-one to zip. They had one abstention. Uh, they've they've agreed on this new 10-year CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement Plan, and it made the players mad, um, really mad, because this was no different than other plans that had been submitted in the past. The owners then were trying to market it like if the players rejected it, then suddenly it would be shame on the players. And so the players were mad just because of the position that they were put in that if they didn't accept it, it, would, then it then the fans and the shift would look bad on the players. Uh,
3: my opinion
1: is players need to stop worrying so much about the fans. Uh, when they're 65 years old and they're looking at uh, paying for a half a million dollar surgery to replace their hip or their knees and they don't have the money, I think they'll probably say I should have cared a little bit more about myself and my family over the fans. That is just going to be my advice. That's one of those lessons learned that a lot of the retired players will continue to learn unless they come together. Now, is it the retired players' fault? No. The retired players have been extending themselves to make themselves available for negotiation, to make themselves available to talk about Uh, the fact that they have been denied their earned benefits. That's a very key term that I want you all that are listening to focus on. They're not asking for new money. They're asking for their earned benefits. And if you understood the story of the retired players, then you would understand how they were really cheated out of their earned benefits. And they continue to be cheated. Now, it's fascinating. There were three lawsuits, right, that were filed. And Judge Boylan and Joined brought together all three of those lawsuits during the actual lockout. And that was an important step legally because basically it it offered up the opportunity for all three sides to be a part of the actual deal. Well, all of a sudden, as the pressure kept coming on, they realized, you know what, we are about to start losing actual games and revenue. Two of the sides got together, the owners and the players. But the active players, but they were not um, following the advice of Judge Boylan to include the retired players. So as I'm watching this go down, and you know, I know the retired players group, the uh, the uh, group with the elder lawsuit. I know so many of those guys. I'm watching this go down. And I'm calling them. I'm like, "Are you included? No, we're not. They're not telling us where they're meeting, or they're having these meetings, and they're watching this unfold on television like everybody else." And you just go, How, what? Really? How could this happen? But you have a lawsuit. So what's interesting right now is that the retired players, from what I can tell, are 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 ready to communicate to the NLRB, uh, the National Labor Relations Board, to talk about their their uh, exclusion from the negotiating process and the CBA. Um, I, you know, if I was them. I, I'm sorry, fans. Look, if the retired players are not included, we should stop football until we figure this problem out because in the next 10 years, we'll, we'll have another wave of negotiation. You're going to end up with the same argument. But 10 years with no earned benefits, continuing to be cheated, that could be literally life or death for a lot of these players. I mean, you have to realize that. Life or death for a lot of these families and their ability to, pay for, to to put food in their own mouth, in their children's mouth. Ten years is too long to wait and see if maybe next ten years they're going to get their earned benefits and their just due. So it's just it's just a very sad reality that we keep seeing this cycle. And I talked about this on the last show. Joe DeLamalier, a Hall of Famer, really said it best. He said when he was playing and there was the same grievance from the recently retired and you know, retired players, the exact same grievance, you know, tell Upshaw to give us our damn benefits was the is an exact quote from Joe Delamalleer, and he was talking about what another player asked Joe to you know bring to uh, Gene Upshaw, and he talked about Gene Upshaw's response then. This is when Joe was playing, but his response then was they had their chance. And I see that same exact sentiment of they had their chance. and then you see that the NFLPA has now recertified. To be honest with you guys, what is the point of a union if a union can just simply throw a tantrum, decertify, sue, but still lead the suit. You still have the same people with the NFLPA being the leaders, just not organized as, you know as a union. Now how does that happen? Like really, how does that happen legally? How does that happen, and why why would the owners even allow it? And so then once the players finally get to a point where they believe, the active players, that, that they get what they want, then they just say, okay, we're going to group up again as a team. That's not in the spirit of unions. That's not how unions are supposed to work. You can't jump in and jump out. This You know, this is not double dutch for football and and the formation and the maintenance of a union. That's That's not right. I'm sorry. And I think we're going to see – some some precedents that will begin to be set because you just can't say now we're a union okay now it doesn't benefit us but now we're not we want to still keep operating like one and keep all the same leadership then we're going to reform I think this is me this is my show the biggest con the biggest con artist is Demorest Smith I said it he's the biggest con artist the active players have not been happy with him. Retired player is not happy with him if you ever sit in the same room with him and watch him address the people that literally pay his paycheck um, it's sad. it's just very sad. It's very sad to see that a person could be could be that uh that ignorant to exactly why they're in the room and that ungrateful and to really not be working for the interest of the players to claim that you are, but that tone I tell you what. DeMarce Smith will never in his lifetime address me the way I've seen him address other people. Uh, but I do encourage him to call on the show. Martha if you want to call in, 347-637-1837. I would love to ask you some questions. And, and we don't have to do it live. I can do an interview and just replay it. But uh, I definitely I think you have some much us to do. All right, so just a little bit more on football. Plaxico Burris is out of prison. As you know, he spent 20 months. In prison for basically shooting himself in a club. <laughs> I just, I've still been shaking my head on that. I'm like, wow. I mean, I think the prison enough is that you shot yourself. This is me personally, um, and I know he shouldn't have had this this, this gun in the club and, and all that great stuff. But he spent 20 months in prison. He's out now, um, and he's now made a deal with the Jets, and it's a three million dollar deal. It's a one year deal. It's, it's all guaranteed. So kudos to Plaxico for trying to come back and you know really kind of reclaim his life. So we'll be watching for that. I'm I feel like he'll be a vital citizen for whatever that is and uh, in the in the uh, in the world. Also, finally, Peyton Manning was re-signed as well. It looks like he'll be a cult until the end of of his career. So that's that's an exciting thing too. I think I have a uh, I think I have a, a Peyton Manning uh, clip. that I I wanted to uh, show, but uh, maybe not. Uh, i tell you what, my my eyes are deceiving me. Yep, here's a quick clip about Peyton re-signing with the Colts.
0: Peyton Manning, the only four-time MVP in NFL history, has a new long-term big-money contract with the Colts. The contract was believed to be for five years and $90 million and will likely keep Manning in a Colts uniform for the rest of his career. The deal comes nearly five months after the team used the exclusive franchise tag to prevent Manning from negotiating with any other teams. The Colts report to training camp Sunday, but the star quarterback will not practice because he's continuing to rehabilitate from neck surgery in May. Manning has started all 227 regular season and playoff games in his 14-year career. The Colts have repeatedly said they expect Manning to be ready to start the regular season opener against Houston. Signing Manning also helps the Colts in another way. By getting the long-term deal done, Manning's salary cap number will be reduced. That allows the Colts to sign more of their own free agents. Steve Karmazin, Associated Press.
1: Very good. Thank you, Steve. Well, you know, it, lots of things are happening really fast in football now as they look to to assign their free agents, try to get the guys into camp, get them ready, see how in shape they really are. You know, we saw these clips of players having informal practices But we'll see how in shape that they they really are. As many of you may know, the Hall of Fame game was canceled. Uh, It's a traditional game that's played in the Hall of Fame on the induction weekend. That game, just because of the timing of getting players back into facilities, and for safety reasons, it did not make sense to have that game. It's an unusual time, but hey, that is football and that is life. There's no guarantees that life will be the exact same over and over. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm not so upset. Safety is really the number one concern, both while you're playing and when you're retired. So I'm not going to beat that dead horse, but it is what it is. Oh, gosh, just, just that fast. I have just under three minutes. I do want to say a quick hello to my great friends, my best friends at the Dallas Black chamber of commerce many of you know that i am a member of the chamber of commerce for a while i also sit on the executive committee and i serve as the communication chair go figure uh, for the dallas black chamber of commerce such an exciting organization it is the oldest and largest black chamber of commerce in the world yes it it started any other black chamber of commerce that was created and formed after 1926 Either the, black, the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce helped to start it or they certainly took their cues and their examples from the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce. It's just a great a great organization to understand that in 85 years of existence, they have outlasted uh, human life expectancy. So there's a lot to that organization to understand how they survived things like starting in the Great Depression, World War II, uh, segregation, and all the things that still impact um, black businesses today. So just they're planning great things. If you want to come meet me in Dallas on 10-7-11, that's October 7, 2011. That's when the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce will be hosting the 85th Annual, not many times you can say you want to an 85th Annual anything, the 85th Annual Banquet where we will begin a celebration of the of the anniversary of 85 years as a Black Chamber of Commerce. The official anniversary is November 15th. Also, just wanted to give you a quick update. I'm going to be headed to Orlando, Florida to, to participate in and speak at the White House Urban Entrepreneur Summit. It's kind of exciting. I've been asked to speak about financial literacy and the work that I've been engaged with with Operation Hope and the Gallup organization. So heavy stuff there, but great outcomes ahead if we continue to, to forge ahead with intent to change lives, improve youth outcomes, and truly eradicate pop, uh, poverty. So I, I certainly will be talking about that on, on the uh, next show. And if you are not a Facebook friend of mine, please jump in and be a Facebook friend so that you can keep up with kind of the pictures and whatnot. I've got a little bit of time left, so how can you support the show? Well, how you can, how you can, you know, I mean, this show is free. Thank thank the Lord, right, that the show is free on blog. Dot com. Listen in on the show. Definitely call in responsibly. I see my same prank caller that called back. Oh, it's just so cute. It keeps popping on and off. So much love I have from the prank caller. I really do appreciate it. But listen to the show. Listen to it on demand. Uh, it just it it becomes a great opportunity for all of us to just grow in dialogue. If you want to buy mm-hmm. any of the books that I have out, you can go to jennifertevo. dot com and buy any of that stuff as well. And I can I just can't thank you all enough for a fun year of being uh, either the, the Real Jenny Radio Show and then eventually. The Jennifer Tebow Show. Uh, you guys give me energy. I hope that you enjoy your Monday. Don't forget we're on live every Monday at 6 a.m. Central Time. So please tune in if you want to hear it live, and you can always get it on demand, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or even Ustream TV. So thank you for watching, all of my Ustream people. Thank you for listening uh, online. Thank you for for my great responsible caller that I did have. I appreciate the uh, dialogue as well. Again, you've been online with the Jennifer Tebow show. I will absolutely see you guys next time.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>